The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. version of WTJXFM with yours truly Neville James. It's a beautiful day in Little Babylon. Paradise is lovely and, um, and um, good way to start the weekend. We're going to talk to the weather service in a little bit. Let us know about this cool weather. Uh, that we, uh, we're dealing with. Uh, then we got some bush to this morning. A couple of things to talk about. Uh, Dwayne Henry going to be joining me a little bit. Trying to get Hannibal O'Brien, right? Don't know if he got any um, sarsaparilla uh, this morning, but we're going to find out in a, in a little bit. Uh, and then uh, Bria James, um, this uh, Super National USVA 2023-2024, uh, going to be joining us uh, in our number two. I'm saying so. A lot of things going on. I saw where um, the administration announced that we were eligible. I mean that we have received some money, so I want to talk about that in a little bit. But we got the weather service uh, on the line. Good morning. Who am I speaking with? Good morning, Lee Ingles. Hey, Lee. How are you? Hi. Good. Good. How about you? Good. Good. Long time no hear. Everything okay? Yeah. We. We. I was working on the evening shift. Oh, you were doing. You had. Oh, you had the. You had the night shift. You had yeah. the night shift. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good. Um, nice cool weather. The cold front. Yeah. The cold front still around here. Yeah, cool. Uh, has been present all the night. We have a northerly uh, wind component in the winds, so most of the islands see uh, temperatures between the low seventies to the mid seventies uh, last night. So that's great. Let me check real quick here. The mess on it where we have the unofficial stations to see. Right now in St. Croix, it's 78, 70 for the East Coast, so that's great, you know, good temperatures. And for St. Thomas, it's 73 and 77 for the Western Coast, so, um, you know, good temperatures are persisting across the islands, and that's will continue at least for the rest of the morning hours. We're expecting mostly clear skies with a few pa- pa- you know, passing clouds, no shower activity. So today is going to be a very stable day. No, yesterday I went by, uh, uh, we have a, a location here called Altuna Lagoon, and it's, it's near the shoreline, and the waters were rough coming into the shorelines yesterday. Lee. Yeah, because yesterday we have like a windy conditions. We had a almost 15 to 20 knots persistent and gusty winds up to 25 knots. That's why yesterday we we had this, you know, like 
uh, choppy season, basically. Today we're expecting a slightly decrease in the winds because they're coming more from the north. And, you know, the, the frontal, uh, the boundaries are already out of the region that was mostly created from, from the frontal boundary. But today we're expecting 10 to 15 knots with gusty winds up to 20 knots occasionally and that that will result in seas across the coastal areas between three to five feet some areas could see even higher than that like six feet but it, it will be occasional it's not it's not like the whole day okay good now at w when do we expect this uh uh cool front to start moving back into the atlantic ocean yeah you know it's for tomorrow we are expecting well tomorrow into sunday Uh, we're expecting a backing in, in, in winds again, becoming more from the east and then southeast, and that will bring again the moisture associated to the frontal boundary across the region. So that will increase again the, the, you know, the cloudiness and the frequent passing showers. Uh, from tomorrow, I mean tomorrow in the afternoon and Sunday, the whole day so it's not going to be very widespread or you know significant shower activity but it will turn you know you know the opposite side of the conditions that we're seeing today that's mostly clear according to the satellite you guys don't have barely a few clouds over the eastern sections of the of the St. Croix in St. Thomas and St. John are barely almost clear so today is going to be the, like the best day for For, for for the week, you know, it's, it's almost, it's Friday. <laughs> But the, on, on Saturday and Sunday, we, we probably could see more 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 cloudiness. And for Sunday, the showers. So, okay, so yeah, you answered everything there. So cloudiness Saturday and mm -hmm. potentially showers uh, on Sunday, okay? Mm -hmm. And, and um, with the, with the uh, cool front working its way back into the Atlantic, um, the weather temperatures will get up where in the 80s? Yeah, exactly. We will back to the normals for the for this. Well, could could, could be slightly warmer than the normals because of the cloudiness. You remember when we have cloudiness, especially in the night hours, temperatures don't you know drop a lot. So mm -hmm. that means that we probably could see the mid 80s uh, for the day. In the night times, we could see the mid to upper 70s in the islands. Okay, Lee. Thank you very much. Nice talking to you. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk with you on Monday. You too. Okay, okay bye. Bye-bye. You bye. got it. That's Lee Ingalls from down there uh, in the uh, uh, weather surface down there uh, in San Juan. So I was looking at, uh, you know, what we've been talking about this week uh, when we spoke with Walter Snell about uh, inversion, right? Uh, and uh, by definition, right, inversion, temperature inversion, right, is a reversal of normal temperature, right, in the troposphere, right, in which a layer of cool air at the surface is overlain by a layer of warmer air. Under normal conditions, air temperature usually decreases with height, right? So that's why, that's the inverse, you know what I'm saying? So, so that's, what we, that's what we're talking about. And I'm looking at a picture here of a shoreline there and... Uh, You said inversions play an important role in determining cloud forms, precipitation, and visibility. An inversion acts as a cap on the upward movement of air from the layers below. As a result, convection produced by the heating of air from below is limited to levels below 
the inversion, right? Diffusion of dust, smoke, and other air pollutants is likewise limited. In regions where a pronounced low-level inversion is present, convective clouds cannot grow high enough to produce showers, and at the same time, visibility may be greatly reduced below the inversion. That's what Doc School was experiencing uh, on Wednesday over there, yeah, when he was driving up on um, Crown Mountain or St. Peter Mountain, whichever one even in. Even in the absence of clouds, by the accumulation of dust and smoke particles, because air near the base of an inversion tends to be cool, fog is frequently present there. Yeah, so I don't, I, I don't deal with a lot of that in St. Thomas. I got a mountain in St. John, you know. I got a mountain here over there and uh, with the cool weather. I'm um, coming in now. Uh, the potential for uh, inversions uh, is is higher. Mm, that's, that's, that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? So, so we're good with that. So look at a nice weekend. Um, you know, been sleeping good, can't, you know. You want to turn on the fan, you check. Okay, turn on the fan, then you go put on the blanket. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, nice weekend coming up. A little bit of showers on Sunday, and then we'll talk with the weather service uh, on Monday. So I was mentioning uh, the administration had announced um, some federal dollars, like I to say. Um... Uh, trying to find it now, right? But it was it was I think what fifteen or sixteen million dollars or something, right? Um, I don't know what it was, but <coughs> I'll find it. Okay, so um, uh, hopefully now. Don't forget, uh, last night was uh, the first of three nights uh, with the Water Island Music Festival. Last night was art only, you know, uh, Lucy and Dong's, um, the master curator here in the Virgin Islands. He's been uh, doing things. And uh, tonight, right, the music, Don Kiki, now pianist, uh, Julian Gargulo, uh, he, uh, you know, they've been doing this. It's the 19th uh, Water Island uh, Festival. So hopefully um, everything is going to work out. Uh, uh, for them and they have a successful um, Water Island Festival and also um, the Orchid Society and also uh, they're the setting up for the judging right for the annual uh, show that they have at the St. Village Botanical Garden St. George's Village Botanical Garden and um, <coughs> uh, then uh, that will be from 9 uh, until like around midday and then at 2 o'clock they'll open it um um, the, the the show uh, in earnest today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Okay, so we, we're looking at that. I'm trying to um, find this announcement. You know, yesterday, my, my good friend uh, Joey Hollins, um, he and I do keep an eye on Wall Street. Um, yesterday, for the first time in history, Dow Jones went over $39,000. Um... Not thirty nine thousand, thirty nine thousand dollars, thirty nine thousand. <laughs> I apologize for that, right? And uh, that's 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 ridiculous, you know. But I was telling um, uh, Joey, right, that um, typically investors uh, are 
willing to support, are looking to support countries who are in development mode, right? And one of the things that the current president uh, has done, right, is uh, pass all these infrastructure uh, acts, right? And it's it's interesting that uh, after the, the Great Recession, right, um, we had the Arab monies, right, and we had to rebuild, right. And I remember then this is two thousand nine when the the Obama administration came in, right, um, and I was the uh, majority leader, <coughs> uh, uh, and we had hearings because this was monies that were being made available for literally every county for projects to reinvest in America. And I remember when back then that same Dow Jones that is now over 39,000 and the Dow Jones is uh, consumer index, right? 30 blue chip stocks that they use. The Dow Jones was in, in the 9,000 range. And the early Obama days, the Dow Jones went down to, I think it was 6,800. Could you imagine, right? So let's say 7,000. And the Dow now is at 39,000. You got to be careful when I said Dow now because that will want to call it an ITEL Dow. Matter of fact, the very first time he ran, that was his slang, Dow now. And the value of it now, is over 39,000. Matter of fact, let me, let me divide 39,000 just to show you uh, the value of the 39,000 into 6,800 when I bought them out. Uh, 5.7 times the value, right? And this is about, um, remember now, the, the, the Dow Jones index ain't uh, economic barometer as it relates to while, um, Main Street, Front Street, Side Street, and Back Street, right? This is an investment metric, right? But investment in companies, in principle, right, is supposed to trigger job creation, the ability for folks to go out there and, and, you know, want to consider buying homes, things of that nature, because, you know, with jobs, jobs triggers everything and what have you. But to see the Dow, right, the number one metric, the, the most high-profile metric, let me put it this way, because some will say S&P is actually a better tool and all that. But to see that, what would that be? 24, 15 years ago, wrong now, so. The Dow was at 6,800 when we were in the throes of the Great Recession. And here it is now, 1,000 points away from an unimaginable 40,000. Right now, of course, you know, Donald Trump will tell you that the reason it happened is because people believe he's going to win. So they're investing like crazy. You know what I'm saying? He's taking he he take credit for everything. Right? And we're going to have uh, some fun uh, with that uh, in a little bit. But um, it, it's just uh, 
It's just amazing, right? And um, that manufacturing, that chip manufacturing bill in particular, a number of different bills, but that chip manufacturing bill in particular, where that type of work now remains uh, in America, that to me uh, is a is to me what what you know is serving as a catalyst for the type of investment activity taking place right now. We're gonna keep an eye on it as well. Um, my good friend Dwayne Henry uh, has joined us this morning. Councillor, how are you? I good. What kind of bush did this man? Lemon grass? Actually, believe it or not, I'm drinking coffee. You drink your coffee? <laughs> yeah, I got caught this man. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Today's the, today, today's the 23rd, right? Yeah. Yeah, 23rd, right. Okay, good. Yeah, so we got we got six more days, right? It's a leap year, like they say, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting what I was saying, man. 39,000 for the Dow, my boy. That's... Well, what, people oh, wow. look, look. These these guys seeing things, you know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and and as turbulent as the political terrain is, investment going crazy, man. Yes, because you know the I think the markets actually, you know, politics there to play a role, but you know the economic stuff is more the economic um, indicators of much more monetary policy. Yes. That more yes. than anything else, that monetary policy comes out of the White House. Yeah. And the, uh, and the Fed. And you know, the, the, oh, well, that's the next thing, too, right? Because last week, the Feds, um, um, uh, when they announced that inflation report, the Dow mm-hmm. lose 500 points, right? Right. And, and then over the next two days, they get everything back. 200 yeah. one day, 300 the next day. We're back to normal. Something else going on, Dwayne. The board members went out and gave some speeches, and um, and, and and reassured the um, the, the community, the, the, the uh, Wall Street, that you know, look, we're not going to do anything drastic because of that report or anything like that. So there's some stability as to what the Fed is doing. So they realize, like, hey, let we just go ahead and make money. That's what I'm talking about. So we'll take a break. Come back. We'll pick up that discussion. And then I want to talk about this situation with this fella Smirnov. Not Smirnov, the, the vodka. Smirnov with a V. We'll take a break and we'll be back uh, right after this with some Bush tea. Here, analyze this. Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, a nonprofit community investment checking account, a 24-hour banking cash management platform, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go. There are two locations to serve you, the Bank of St. Croix in Gallows Bay and Bank of St. Croix in Peter's Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Need details about our nonprofit community investment checking account? Our service specialists are here to help. Bank of St. Croix, member FDIC. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news design for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. 
That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. This weekend, the Forum and Antilles School presents the VI Contemporary Fine Art and Water Island Music Festival. Three nights of excitement at Antilles School St. Thomas. Thursday's VIP Art Opening, 6 p.m. Friday and Saturday, Music and Art, 6 p.m. Music starts at 8. Music by Julian Gargiulio and Friends. Art curated by Amy Gibbs and Lucian Downs. Performance supported by the National Endowment for the Arts. For more information, www.theforumusvi.org. As the news gets more complex and changes through the day, you need more than just a quick headline check. Here and Now keeps you connected to your world between Morning Edition and All Things Considered as the news and the people shaping it are changing in real time. I'm Robin Young. Follow along on Here and Now, NPR News weekday afternoons. From 2 to 4 on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Back here and analyze this, yo, yo this the song system song is nice and clear this morning. I think I think they may have done something. The doing, I think they believe it. They, they were walking on the system and and they, they take out somebody, uh, somebody static. Uh, it's unclear, like they say, Iraq. This oh, morning. <laughs> so yeah. I, I hope I hope I hope it's something clear on, on your end and with the audience yeah, as well. Very clear, very yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, that man, that man does something. You could tell when 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 they, when they were doing something. So check this out, right? We're we're, we're going to talk about fluctuation. Right, uh, so I pull up this story. Right, it said Dow drops, Dow Jones Industrial Average drops below seven thousand for first time since nineteen ninety seven, and this is this is March of two thousand nine. So that's twelve years, right? Uh, hold on, I gotta make sure I pull this up. Okay, there we go. Uh, Joe, we lost my, 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 my Wilmington Star News. I had I had uh, I had click on on, on another. Uh, link, but that one, that one um, exit stage, right? So you don't have to be a, a a math genius, right, to apply relativity, right or wrong, right? You could look at a number, you could see. Uh, in this case, right? Uh, maybe I don't know about you, but I don't really study the the stock market like like the ones who that's all they do, right? Um, right. But so I, but I look at raw numbers. And when I look at value, right? When you're talking Dow Jones or any metric falling below seven thousand, and today it's approaching forty thousand, that's two different galaxies altogether, do you hear me? Absolutely, that's exponential growth. Yes, you sound better. Exponential growth and investment. Yes. Yeah. Now, now our concern, right, as lay people, is that. When a Dwayne Henry run into some money and invest $5 million in 12 companies and Neville James run into some money and he invests uh, five different $5 million in 12 different companies and we got 30 companies, right, on the Dow Jones. Uh, we didn't even tap into the entire 30 at that number. We only take up 80%. We had 24 other companies. We expecting, right, that these the man the, the 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 executives at these company are going to invest 
into the companies because we've added value to the companies, right? Yes. What going on now though is that these guys hoarding money, man. They they hiring, they pocketed money. They got huge amounts of money uh, in cash reserves, and then and then at the same time they paying themselves exorbitant salaries. Um, yes, sir. Every now and then they do a buyback, but there's no. You're not seeing too many like expansion. There's a couple of like uh, somebody like you take like the European um, and uh, foreign art companies are actually investing in the United States, um, but you don't see like Ford and GM doing any investment. And as a matter of fact, they're sending the, a lot of production overseas, so it's weird. Now, they said which president had the best stock market performance, right? And I'm reading an article here from Investopedia, right? And this is from July of last year, right? They said, oh, oh, well, well uh, yeah, let, let, well, let me answer that question first, right? They said Clinton, right? Clinton is the one who had uh, the best, and I was reading this paragraph here, um, bam, bam, bam. I got to find it again. But apparently... Uh, Okay, which president had the best stock performance? President Bill Clinton had the best stock market performance. The S&P grew 210% during, the Clint during Clinton's two-term presidency. The second best performer was Obama, where during his presidency, the S&P 500 grew 189%. They said on the day Obama took office, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at 7,949.09. On Obama's last day, the Dow Jones Index closed, index average closed at 19,827.25. The DJIA grew 149% during Obama's presidency. Now, in fairness to President Trump, right, the, 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 the marketplace was doing excellent. And then, of course, COVID came, and then his bungling it didn't help the situation any. Right. Now, he actually messed it up himself. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, he actually was forcing the feds to buy stock to, re, to, to, to inflate value, actual value. Yes, yes. And then, and then uh, Powell said, well, after, after the research sort number and it started to level up, he said, we ain't buy no more. So now, right. what we're seeing now is more of external investment into the into the marketplace than than with the feds. But right. go ahead. Investment. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Yeah. The actual investment, not just external, but actual because when the Fed the Fed don't read the you know, when the Fed buying up that bonds, that's not an investment. Mm -hmm. They just buy up bonds. Correct. You know? but, but when you and I invest, that's an investment that fresh money coming in Outside of whatever money they get from the banks for them to, to use to buy, to expand and, and get into other areas of business. Fresh garlic, like they don't call it, right? Uh -huh. So, so it, it's just interesting. And, and uh, this, this company, Nadivia, uh, that, that's the chip company. Wow. Uh -huh. they, 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 made an, they made an announcement, I believe it was on Wednesday. Uh -huh. jo Joey texted me and said, Neville, um, what's... Uh, Word is um, the, the stock market analyst said uh, if we get good news from this company, um, it gonna take off. If we get bad news, it might bottom out. And I t and I tell you, uh, Joey, whenever you hear that kind of talk, normally things gonna remain the same, right? And, and Sunday had an announcement on Tuesday, and the next thing you know, here we are. I mean Wednesday, and here we are now, 
where the Dow going going into unimaginable numbers. So we'll see how it pans out, and and S and P as well. So we'll see how that pans out and all that stuff. Now, um, the the former president claimed that uh, the marketplace gonna crash, and he don't want it to crash under him because the last thing he want to be is Herbert Hoover compared to Herbert Hoover. Remember we had the the um, the Great Depression, right? Of course, Biden shot back at them and tell him, you're already Hoover, so don't worry about it. <laughs> right? But, 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 but here's the deal. Here's the deal then. Right? We have a dysfunctional Congress, and we shift it now to the, to the politics. We have a dysfunctional Congress where the politics of 2024, we keep saying, well, this election is going to be the most important one right. in 20." and in 16, and in, in 8, and all that stuff. And then we get to 2024, and this one is wild, right? What are we dealing with now? <laughs> now, 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 now check this out. Uh, you have congressmen. I've never seen this before. And, th- and this is why uh, Democrats really need to hold their head high. Mm-hmm. You have a candidate in Normally, presidents are the ones who have the influence over congressmen because they got the power to pull string at that time, right? right? You got a candidate who is literally telling Congress, the party in power, the Republican parties, don't support this legislation. Right. And he's not even elected at this point. It's insane. He, he, might, he might be leading polls and all that stuff, but we're still nine months, eight, 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 eight plus months away from the election, so a lot of things going to happen between now and then. But to see the kind of clout that he has over Republican congressmen just because he's the front runner, that's scary. Mm-hmm. That's scary. That's very scary because you've had other Republican uh, front runners, strong candidates, Bob Dole, mm-hmm. and they never attempted that kind of stuff. And they never even crossed their minds to be doing such meddling, hardcore uh, Of course, you know, with your politics, you're going to practice your politics, but. You're not going to go out there and say, do not negotiate a bill. All bills have to be negotiated. So let, so let me ask this question. Here's a classic example. That border that border legislation issue, mm-hmm. right? Where Republicans in Congress are blaming the current president, Biden, right? Mm-hmm. For allowing illegals to come in from Mexico, right? They're flooding the border. We can't control it. It's out of control. Fentanyl coming in, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He works on a legislation or a piece of legislation to satisfy all the things that they complain about. Mm-hmm. And then when he offers it, his opponent says, Yo, don't support it. Because they're not serious. You know, it, based on their, uh, their reasoning, right? If, you know, if you say, Okay, we want Trump to win and then we're going to get hit the crazy. So, so what you're saying is that the, the country should suffer. Until Trump gets in. But then let me ask you this question. That's what they're saying. New York 3, a swing district. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why Swazi was successful was he was saying they're claiming they want to do things, but they don't want to do things. Right. And, and, and the voters seeing this non-performance or unwillingness to perform. And in the end, what was supposed to be a 1% or 2%, a 2% uh, race by 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 nine thirty ten o'clock, church are out. Yeah, he up he up he up twelve twelve percent by seventeen thousand votes, and 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 his opponent can see them. 
these mix these mixed signals cannot be going well for or any any candidate or party that is pushing mixed signals cannot be received well by the voters doing henry I agree with that. I, and as a matter of fact, I think the Republican Party is in for a rude awakening, uh, at least in Congress. So even, you know, I, I, I suspect that Biden is going to win also. Because the polls, even though Trump might be leading in, in many polls, they're all within the margin of error. Yes. The only person yeah. beating him outside the margin of error is Nikki Haley. Who, 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 Ain't in, 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 in that something? Haley, Haley gets a knockout. Knockout in the restricted ra- in the restricted race um, f- for the Republicans, but in the open race, she is running better against Joe Biden. And and look, it's not close enough. In some instances, you see her winning by seventeen or eighteen points. That's what I'm telling you. By far, by far, that is absolutely significant. I mean, any party would love to have a candidate polling them numbers, except the Republican Party. <laughs> but I've, I've never seen any, anything like that. Seriously, where where Trump, right, struggles against Biden, uh-huh. right? But Trump is crushing Haley, right? Uh-huh. So he's struggling. He, so 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 he's 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 tight against Biden in an open uh-huh. race, um, crushing Haley in a restricted race, and uh-huh. who he is crushing in a restricted race, having a field with Biden in the open race. This is total. This is total chaos and mass confusion. Political science have been upended this year <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the schools because everything we thought made sense does not make sense. No, and, no, no. We, I, I, and then here's the other dynamic that 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 that's confusing you, right? The every every poll that comes out, the Republicans get high grades for the economy or the Republican the Republican candidate for handling the economy, right? Yet the biggest the biggest growth window, biggest growth windows over the years, happen when a Democrat is in is in power. Yeah, you know they always say that, that, that you always hear that that the Democrats are always better for the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea that the uh, the Republicans are, 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 are have you know that that businesses are so business minded and blah 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 blah. Doesn't pan out in the, in, in in the statistics and in the facts. It does not. You know yeah. that's, that's one of the biggest myths that that the Republicans are better for business. Yeah, that's what biggest myths because um, it doesn't show it in, in the evidence. One one of the things that um that 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 was stunning again, and I, I we talked about this for the last three four years. The amount of the amount of money they're raising for these campaigns, doing <laughs> Biden, right, right. Mm-hmm. 81-year-old Biden, who in many eyes people saying too old to run, should step aside, like Gavin Newsom or, or, or Kamala Harris. The man, mm. the man raised $42 million in January, man. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah? He said that President Biden raised over $42 million in January and entered yeah. February with over $130 million in cash on hand, his campaign says. A record-setting total for a Democratic candidate at this point in a presidential election cycle. This is unheard of, Dwayne. And then, he hasn't even started spending yet. Wait till his ad start hitting the airways. This, this, this is madness. And, and on the other side, you've got 
Um, hold on, there. I want, I want to get the the, the, the the Trump numbers because I don't want to. Make pub- sure you subtract the legal um, bills from here for Trump, but but, but yeah. I I think that's actually inclusive, right? Okay. Uh, and, and it's in the single digits, you know. Oh. It's in the single digit. Trump raises uh, dollars in January. Let me put that in here in this all changing. Uh, and and to me, right? Uh, hold on there. Let me see. Trump campaign. They said Trump campaign finances fall further behind uh, in January. They said Trump and Haley burned through cash in January. Right? And he, in his case, uh-huh. that's legal That's legal expenses, right? For the most yeah. part. 50 million or 59 million, something like that. Wow. So, here, here, here it is. Here it is. The Trump campaign. The Trump campaign had $30 million in cash on hand at the end of January. He raised almost nine million and wow, and spent and spent eleven point four million during that month. So so Biden 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 raised forty two and he raised nine. That's almost five times that's four and a half times the amount. Four point six six seven times the amount. Right? So what's really going on there? Me understand that one, my son. This this, this is this is this is crazy. And then don't forget But look not you you're you're a lawyer. Aren't you offer, why don't you offer your services since they're burning cash? We're looking for defense. You want you want action? They're spending it on the lie of them. I don't know who they spent these legal bills. They said they pay them, but me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know a couple of his the, the one guy, um, the who did so much in the um, the case in New York. He got his money up front. Yeah, um, Chris, Christopher Kais. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. He got his money up front. He, he got. He, he got, he got, he, he tell, he, he, he tell them, look now, man, um, my retainer is three million, okay? Right? Yeah. And, 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 and I, I could do what I want after that, but pay the retainer. He hardly said anything. He just said, oh, man, smile. He lets you do all this stupidity. Well, well, the way you name, though, the, 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 the pack, the pack paid Alina Haber two and a half million. Yeah. Oh, okay, so they paid her. No, yeah, so they, yeah, they got her. I thought she was getting paid in food at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> <laughs> she eating lunch and dinner there. So, <laughs> I thought that's how they were paid. We, we, we got to take our final break, come back and talk about what exactly happens to those who are supposed to be uh, informants and are not necessarily telling the truth and, and admit that they're making things up. What happens then? What the, what what does the what does the, the wheel how do the wheels of justice turn under those circumstances? We'll take a break and break that down right after this. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. 
wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here and analyze this. And uh, we're talking some Bush TV actions, talking some national international politics. We're international now. Uh, Dwayne Henry, good morning once again. Glad to have you on. Uh, and, and actually, it's a coffee break this morning, right? Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> and on Wednesday, um, all the news outlets broke this news about the ex-FBI informant charged with lying about the, mm. about the Bidens, right? Mm. Um, Alexander Smirnov, that's... Yes. N-O- N-O-V, not N-O-F-F, not right? Body. Right? He said the former, um, uh, he said that uh, he was in, he, uh, he, he's been indicted, right? He's an indicted ex-FBI informant, and he told investigators he got Hunter Biden dirt from Russian mm-hmm. intelligence officials. Now, this is scary on multiple levels, but we're going to get into that so much, right? I want to ask you generally, if you're supposed to be providing information to the prosecution or to the feds, and then and then you you admit I've been lying. What normally happens under those circumstances, uh, Dwayne? Well, um, the charge of perjury. There's also a um, well-used um, federal statute of lying to federal agent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if a federal any federal agent, customs, anybody that works for the federal government in law enforcement ask you a question and you lie about it. You could be charged with lying to a federal agent. He's been charged with that. Um, but apparently this guy is uh, um, what they were calling the spy wall a double agent. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Because he, he has been intentionally planting stories. And they said this, this, this suspicion of him go back as far as 2022. Wow. Wow. I suspect that this guy was not, you know, that, that he was making this stuff up. Of course, we had some people in Congress very eager to to believe any nonsense they hear, you know, even, even though it sounds so absurd because, you know, the vice president is somehow influencing um, international um, foreign policy to the point that his son could go and walk 
and a, a, a company and a foreign thing, and, and, and he could guarantee results for that company. That's like, I mean, let's look at it locally. Not to disparage lieutenant governors and everything, but they don't have any, well, our lieutenant governor happens to have some statutory authority. But the vice president don't have no statutory authority and nothing. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the reason. That's the that's the reason why it's easy to make the argument that it's about influence. Yeah, but but that's that, that's that's it's, it's insane. What influence? He doesn't have any. No, I mean I mean being next to the president. You follow what I'm saying? That kind of. Yeah. I, 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 no 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 no. That, I, all I'm saying is that's the argument that the Republicans have made, right? Because you were say, you you were you were saying that they don't really have statutory authority, right? They're just second in charge, and then the president will the president will designate them and delegate them to run certain initiatives and all that stuff for the administration, right? But 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 in Biden's case, remember Biden said, remember President Obama sent him over to Europe to deal with that situation in the Ukraine, right? And and Biden told them, look, you guys got this corrupt prosecutor. Right, y'all got to get rid of him because here we are. You're asking us for support. We're providing support for you, but you got this prosecutor who's corrupt. The Republicans then flipped it to make it look as if that's bribing, that bribery. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, but, but but remember, the vice president only carries the president's message. So, he doesn't so, carry his own message. So, oh, but uh, under normal circumstances. But then when the vice president's son gonna be on a Burisma board. That's when you're giving the Republicans the angle to say, what's going on here? Well, they are giving them an angle, but um, what I'm saying is that the angle doesn't make any sense. And then when people pop up with really, when you listen to the nonsense, they got email, they say, saying that um, we got to pay the big man. Who, who, who speaks like that? They yes, sir, the big, the big guy and all that stuff, right? The big guy. That could be a, a fat guy, for lack of a better term. You know? <laughs> yeah, the wallet. Yeah, in particular, the wallet, right? Um, yeah, yeah. What are they talking about? Listen, people who are really doing um, bribe, um, conspiracies and stuff like that, don't put stuff like that in emails, number one. You know, what you would need, when you have them kind of conspiracies, because... I always say a conspiracy ain't gonna last so long because somebody gonna die. Of course, of course. So but but but, 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 but let me ask this: coming forward and saying none of the supposed players coming forward and saying, "Yeah, this really did happen." But 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 check this out: there's another dynamic here, right? Mm-hmm. Trump was impeached twice, mm-hmm. so now we got to impeach the Democrat. That's all it is. This man, the, the, this man Smirnov is who tell me that Biden get five million here and money here and all that stuff, right? So Comer, James Comer and Jim Jordan loving it and all the Republicans who are pro-Trump and anti-Biden. Now they find out, wait a minute, this man probably won't even tell him the truth. This man was lying, right? So now the spin, so now, the spin now is, is the Biden administration getting him to say now that he ain't telling the truth? <laughs> That's how that, that that that's the crazy world, the crazy political world that we live in now. Yeah, that is just so insane. So he really was. As a matter of fact, that's what um, I saw an article I didn't read it. That one of them um, talking heads, um, conservative talking heads, was saying, "Yeah, did, did Smirnov really tell the truth?" But it's now being pressured that not so. Listen, as a matter of fact, you know he was rearrested yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, because they deem him a flight risk. Yes. What they did, the U.S. I mean, the special prosecutor is a hot mess. He they, he went to a Nevada judge. The Nevada judge released him on his own recognizance, right? 
So they rearrested him and took him to California to another judge for the California judge to detain him. <laughs> so they use their states against states, man. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's what that's that's some savvy prosecutorial work. But you know, but you know how they know, you know how they know that that that, that he lying, right? Mm -hmm. Right? It's clear because here's here what they say here, right? They say um, prosecutors also said Alexander Smirnov has actively has been actively peddling new lies that could impact U.S. elections after mm -hmm. after meeting with Russian spies late last year. And that and that and and that the fallout from his previous false bribery accusation about the Bidens continue to be felt to this day. So, you know the the, the intel for both K, KGB and 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 CIA, both of them know when he was talking with the other side. Yes, of course. Listen, you can't everybody that thinks that's what I'm saying. All these people that go to spy for different countries and stuff are crazy because they're going to let you carry on for a while and they're going to feed you um, bad intel to text to the other side and then they're going to arrest you mm -hmm. because they hear everything. And especially this guy, he's already under investigation. He, what makes you think he could go still talk to them people again while under investigation? Of course you're being watched. Of course you're being wiretapped. And of course... Other informants are in these meetings reporting what you said. You remember, I had the man Lev Parnas. Remember, he and his son, right? That, that's who. That's who. That's who Giuliani was saying, providing information for him. And then, and and, and then when the intel, when the intel tell them, no mind Lev Parnas. He looking for a deal to do business in Florida. And Lev Parnas told him, he said, ain't got nothing, ain't got nothing going on in Ukraine. So Lev Parnas now, Lev Parnas now looking like. Like a hero, because you know that you know the American slang, right? I told you so, right? <laughs> and, and and he he told them, ain't got nothing there. Okay, if he had something, and you know why you know ain't got nothing there doing because they would have arrested them or indicted them. A laptop, mm -hmm. a laptop, you know, justification with 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 naked pictures, um, nude and all that stuff. That's any justification to to arrest somebody? Come on, mm -hmm. clearly people were making things up, and look at it now. So. All that money they all that money that they've had on this weaponization, they've used on this weaponization committee where the delegate delegate Plask have been having a field there with Jim Jordan. They ain't looking to call no more meeting now. That, that, that could be embarrassing, man. Mm -hmm. That's correct. The, the the next weaponization committee, that's that's Jim Jones committee that's Jim Jordan committee, right? Um yes. where 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 um delegate Stacey Plask is a member of she's been having a field there with them. If they call a meeting anytime soon, mind you have another leadership, a leadership change in the Speaker of the House, you know? That's true. I think that's going to happen. I really think. You don't, you don't think Mike Johnson's going to last? I, I, I don't think he's going to last. I think they, um, his is a number. I'm going to give him June. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a long time. But, but the, the, pres the president got a state of the union coming up next week, right? A week after? Is it? Yeah, yeah, for real soon. That's why right, because mm -hmm. uh, it could have been um, January, February, but I don't know what happened. It's a little delayed this yeah, year. Yeah, they push it. They push it down into March. You know what I'm saying? Right. But one thing, I, one, one, one thing I know, right? The pitch that we're at now, we ain't reached fever pitch yet for the 2024 election. I know. That's correct. This this thing yeah. gonna get even higher, which cycles me back to this last question. Of course, you know. Um, 
Judge, Judge Engeron, um had that heavy, that heavy hand rule last week. I think the penalty was 355 mil. And then when you're adding interest, it's another 95, so it's 450. And then um, with each passing day, it's about 87 or $90,000. Apparently, yesterday or day before, <clears throat> uh, they sent a letter to Engeron because he asked them, look, let us know what's the deal with making this money, but paying this bill. And and um, okay. uh, uh, Judge, uh, no, excuse me, Attorney Alina Haber, representing the president, sent the letter, and they got six Florida addresses for the companies, man. They tried to sneak in at the company they main base in New York now. Um, Dwayne, they're really going too far now, you know. They are going too far. It's, it's, um, it's, 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 I don't know how to explain it, you know. <laughs> That's all I will No, it, it is inexplicable. You know what I'm saying? Because, because they were warned early on. At no point during the proceedings, try to move the companies. The companies right. are based in New York. And here they are. So what are they trying to do? Avoid judgment? Avoid payment? I guess so. But don't forget that those companies got um, fiscal assets that, that, they, they, that they, they, um, the AG could seize. But, so but, 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 she, but, she, but she actually publicly stated she willing to go sell buildings to get her money? Yeah. Yes. Well, you see, the, the thing is, and she's right. And because she's saying that she's saying that no, because she knows she's gonna have to be. Because Trump is not gonna write a check. No. And he but, can, but, he can but, move but, all his companies down there all he wants. But, but he sells you, you can't pick up Trump Tower and point on Trump plane and fly to Florida. <laughs> and you know you know you know who had an office in Trump Tower once upon a time, right? Innovative or no? Oh really? They had that kind of money? Yeah, man. Jeffrey Prasa, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Prasa had 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 a, had an office uh, oh. in 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 Trump Tower. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, that's right. And his son was something had an apartment. Yeah, there. yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah. Yeah, his son had an apartment there. Yeah, yeah. Ten thousand dollars a month. The, the Virgin Islands don't care. Don't care what going now. We 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 will always get ourselves in thing. You check. Right? Yeah, yeah. Let me see here now. One of his children lives. This is in 2007. One of his children lives at, yeah. tr at Trump Tower in New York City. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was going to Columbia, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You imagine a student. You're a student at Columbia and you live in Trump Tower. Talk about bragging rights. No, nah, but what, you, you could imagine living at Trump Tower and, and they're, knocking, they're, knocking the, uh, they're knocking on your door and say, look, no, man, we. We are uh, we liquidating the building. They go come out, find some places to live. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, they had a they had a um uh, our good friend Marvin Pickering. Uh, yes. They had a meeting that uh, night uh, VIGL mm -hmm. because you know they are the horse racing promoters and 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 um, and racinos are are uh, legal in the Virgin Islands. In other words, gaming alternative gaming could take place. Uh, at racetrack, so, okay. so they had a big meeting there the other night, and uh, appar right. apparently, right? Apparently, um, the the member uh, there was a member, uh, Miss uh, Purcell Herman. That's her name, or Herman Purcell, Herman Purcell. And uh, she and Miles Plaskett went. I did. They said, "Well, they said, well, go back and forth for about ten minutes, and and it was it, 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 it was a nice drama." And you know. She used to be a judge. She's she used to be a judge. Correct, correct, yeah. correct. A, magist a magistrate, right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they said our Gochi is now a member of the Casino Control Commission. So we're looking yes, forward to talking with them. Uh, she's and a see. good person, man. She, 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 she's just trying to get to the bottom of it. Oh, she was, well, they, were, they, they were actually on the show. What's going on in, the, in this whole VIGL thing is uh, you know, yeah. a lot of questions and... But they were actually uh, the um, um, Commissioner Pickering and Commissioner uh, uh, Herman Purcell. They were actually on this show last year because casino um, gambling or something weak. There was some uh, week there, Uh, so so they were on. So we had we had a good conversation. It'll be interesting to see how uh, that pans out because. You know, the sport of kings used to run things in the Virgin Islands. Of course, it's yeah. since the hurricane them uh, knocked them down. And Divi, right? One, 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 of the, one of the arrangements in that deal was to compensate uh-huh. Divi, right? So Divi, uh-huh. and uh, we're hearing now that Divi is, is telling telling people if the if the Racino open, then Divi can't survive. I mean, what, what, what really wrong with these people? Huh? Well, you know, everybody, that's the, that's the scare tactics we use all the time. Yeah, man. for anybody... It's like oh, but I don't I don't think I don't. You're not guaranteed. The government and the people don't guarantee that your business is going to survive. Okay, we need to stop that nonsense. But 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 and and here I want to crystallize it on this note. I don't think they're realizing that they, they they're telling us we need based on what you're saying, DV. Um, mm-hmm. The Resort and Casino Control Act need need to be modified because there's a there's a total of six licenses. Were created in that. So if you say now that nobody else will survive after this, and we only got two operating now and one more to come, what's the sense of having six licenses based on what you're saying? You follow what I'm saying? So they, they, you can't have just one license because that would violate federal antitrust and all kinds of stuff. Sherman antitrust. You, you got the it. Whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. Good, good coffee right, break this morning. Enjoy the weekend. Right, we'll take a break and we'll come back with Bria James right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. News happens all week, all around the world. If you want to understand what this French election is all about... Four candidates are running unopposed, and three of them met reporters Thursday. Whatever the outcome of today's elections, the secessionist genie is out of the bottle. News, analysis, perspective, music, books, and sports, too. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV, Channel 12. 